You run a kid activity center, a gymnastics, ninja, urban, or cheer gym. Maybe it's a dance studio, swim school, martial arts dojo, or perhaps an educational preschool. You recognize you need some help growing your brand. You're wearing too many hats. It's time to make some changes. Let me help you increase student enrollments and retention while decreasing attrition. My name is Luke Stokes. Welcome to the Student River Podcast. Welcome back to the Student River Podcast. I am your host, Luke Stokes. And today we're doing something a little bit different, as you can tell here. Uh, The podcast up to this point has been for me uh, a bit of uh, an exploration in marketing, if you will. We did, we have talked about marketing, we've talked about branding, but it's all been me and the experience that I brought over the last decade and a half, uh, bringing it to you guys and making it relevant for you. Today, we divert from that a little bit while still staying within kind of the, the series topic that we're on, which is, which is going to be some websites. But today, we're going to be doing an interview, which I got to admit, I'm a little nervous about. Uh, I haven't done one of these before. So if you guys can be patient with me as we go forward, uh, kind of feeling the flow out here to figure out how this is all going to go and, and everything, uh, be patient, give me some grace, and, and hopefully we'll have some fun. But today, I want to introduce you to my guest. Uh, we're speaking with Xander Arthur today, uh, who is the founder and co-CEO of Stars and Stripes Management Systems. And before I go any further, I just have a question for you, Xander co-CEO. Now, that's not yeah. totally unprecedented. Right. You do hear about that every now and then, mm-hmm. but how do, how, do, how do you determine co-CEO and, and how do you co-lead something real brief? I, this is totally down yeah. a different tangent, but it, I, I'm curious. Um, it's actually kind of that, that new age of uh, corporate world. You know, the, cor- the whole corporate world has changed in the past two decades due to software and uh, techie startups and stuff. And so um, they're starting to do things differently with the corporate hierarchy and things like that. So since my brother and I are mutual in everything uh, when it comes to the business, and we're also mutual in in powers and responsibilities. So like um, it never made sense that he was higher authority than me, nor vice versa. So he has more like he's more responsible of the gym than I am anymore. I'm more responsible for licensing and services than he is. So, but for Stars and Stripes as a whole, since Stars and Stripes is our parent umbrella company, if you will, we're equals, you know, so that's kind of fascinating. Yeah. And you guys do, you guys do multiple things. You got a background as as a gymnastics coach, you got, you're a gym owner. Yep. um, And then you're, you're, you're kind of the head, the president, CEO, founder of several class space based entities, right? So Mm -hmm. you're not short on experience here. Why don't you bring me up to speed with what you guys do and how, you know, how you got your background and, and what's your story, man? Sure. Well, um, I was a, a gymnast growing up. I grew up in my parents' gym in Miami, Florida. My parents own, uh, own a gym called Florida Gymnastics Training Center back in the 80s. And back in the 80s, there wasn't really club gymnastics. Club gymnastics just started, just started in South Florida. Um, and, um, it was mostly call, uh, high schools that had gymnastics, even, uh, community colleges that had gymnastics. My dad was on the community college gymnastics team, which is unheard mm-hmm. of nowadays. Wow. And so they started a club gym and of course it was just competitive. And then they kind of started the first recreational gymnastics center in Florida. Like one of the first, of course, they all kind of started coming around around the same time. And so, um, especially in Miami, there was nothing like that. So they started doing regular five and up classes that weren't competitive, which was totally unheard of back then. And so I, w- I was born and raised in that environment. 
in um, a competitive gymnast up to level 10, started training elite, but then worked, then moved to Orlando to be a stunt performer for Disney, just like many oh, wow. of my colleagues. Yeah, just like many of my gymnastics colleagues that, that retire from gymnastics, where do we go after? We either coach or become a stunt performer of some sort. And they end up landing at Lion King, which was cool because I met, <laughs> I met so many of, my, of legacy um, gymnasts, like, Sure. National level, international level, elite level, uh, Olympic gymnast, um, Casimiro Suarez is a, was a hero in our sport. He was my tumble monkey colleague now. And, you know, we were flipping with each other. And that was so cool to me as an 18 year old boy. And so, um, and then I got injured and my brother and I started just managing coaching and managing gymnastic centers. So we started at one gym and started to become management, recreational director, things like that. And I was a team director. And then we went over to a different gym and started growing our responsibilities there. And before we know it, like, hey, you know, just like any kind of entrepreneur story, we think we can do this better than them. They're doing it all wrong. And we're so much smarter and better than them. Turns out we weren't. <laughs> but so we started opening our own gym because of that. And yeah. it's a very classic story. But regardless if you're a mechanic or dance studio owner or whatever, you know, you work for somebody and you think you can do it better. So you open your own right. gym. So what, it was just my brother and I. We actually found somebody that wanted to invest in opening a gym with us. Uh, my parents didn't want anything involved with it because my parents are really big. Like, you do it yourself. You learn from your own mistakes. And you could ask me questions, but I'm not going to help you, you know? So yeah. that's, that's what got us to, you know, figure things. There was no easy button in my life. Not because sure. I grew up in a hard family or anything like that, but just because my parents – taught me raised me that way so we they weren't involved at all um and so it's just my brother and i running it and we did have an investing partner that's not involved anymore but um and so we started the gym and it was a small like nothing we had a shoestring budget we ended up getting us an old kmart that was you know all the kmart's closed around the country sure. there's a giant box available um for a very long time for a cheap rate in a real a good retail spot in a nice community that was up and coming. So we're like, Hey, this is where we need to do it. Um, and we just got this huge 25,000 square foot gym, which was huge, especially cause we didn't have any equipment. So right. I had a 25,000 square foot <laughs> box, <Empty> space, <laughs> totally empty. And just like old Kmart tile that you can still see the stains of the aisles on sure. the tile. And we just put some carpet on there, put a couple beams, cut a couple bars and started doing rec classes and we just every month we would keep investing into more equipment until the whole 25,000 square foot space filled up wow and we just kept doing that kept doing it and we never made a profit for like the first five years like literally on purpose we never took any money my brother and i lived i was still being i was still a paramedic so i would coach and run the gym during the day and then do the night shift as a paramedic wow. at night and so and so was my brother so that had, that paid the bills, the home bills, and the gym was just trying to grow. Five, five years later, it became a 50,000 square foot gym because we took more of the space. Wow. And we have almost 2,000 students in it. And it's doing really well. It's grossing like $3 million a year plus. And um, it's profitable and we're doing well, very well. Yeah. We have more, more to do, more to grow. And we're just trying to become the best we can possibly be. And, provide the best service you can possibly provide, make your clients happy and, and, and also create great competitive gymnastics too, which is in the works. So it's, it's going well. And, and in between all that time, so in between that five years, I don't know why I think it was, it was just a naivete 
Um, but we just decided to do a bunch of other things at the same time, which is a ridiculous idea. Don't do that. <laughs> just focus on one thing, one thing and make it great. Just one thing. And we didn't do that. We had, we decided, Hey, I want, we want to build this software, myskillchart.com because I'm tired of using paper skill charts to track my mm. students' progress. I want to use software to do it. And there's nothing out there. iClass doesn't have it. Jackrabbit doesn't have it. There's no standalone software that has it. So let's build this software. And so my dad started helping us that he came ill and he wasn't able to finish it. Mm. So we hired a software dev team while we were growing the gym. This is like the second year in the gym. And we started that. And then we're like, someone came up to us and like, Hey, you should become a competitor to Ninja zone. And so we're like, okay, sure. Interesting. And so then we started coming out the Ninja program because to be, because Ninja zone didn't have a competitor. So we're like, Hey, we're going to be a competitor Ninja zone. And by the way, for the people listening, there's no hard feelings between Ninja zone and us. It's totally amicable <laughs> relationship. There's nothing wrong. So we came out the Ninja kids program at the same time. So like things just kept coming at us and we just kept taking them. So be like, Hey, I got this idea, right? Let's do it, you know? Sure. And it was a gift and a curse. Um, it really, it just 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day, constantly working all the time, never stopped. My wife was saying I was crazy and she was right. And, but things, and then we had really tough times, really yeah. tough times in this past five years, really tough times. But we just persevered and we kept doing the hard things and making the hard decisions and uh, keeping our chin up and, and we persevered and now things are going really well. Like I said, the gym is what is the biggest gymnastics center in Florida by the size and the numbers of students. Wow. Um, our software is in hundreds of locations and we're onboarding corporations and things like that to use the software as well. Um, and Ninja Kids is part of a humongous brand, 7 million followers on YouTube. Wow. So, um, and then our, marketing and sales company um, or marketing and digital ad agency digital marketing agency is doing well too which kind of just came up because people were like hey i love your website can you build us one i'm like uh sure yeah we'll build you one <laughs> and then now it turned into a business now we sell websites <laughs> it was just one of those things that everything we did for gymnastics usa we just started selling if we build software for Gymnastics USA, we started selling software. We build marketing. We did marketing services for Gymnastics USA, our gym. We started selling marketing services. We did a ninja program for Gymnastics USA. We started selling ninja kids licensing, you know, and some other things too. That's not all of them. Yeah. So that's how, that's how, um, if, if you, if that all made sense, that's how stars and stripes was created. So I get a lot of brand confusion. A lot yeah. of people are like, Xander, what are you? What are you? And sometimes I can't even describe it. Like, I hate going out to dinner and meeting somebody new. Like, what do you do? I'm like, uh, just don't worry about it. You know, I'll just say, oh, I own a gymnastics center. That's all I say. It's just too confusing. Right. <laughs> so right. It's, there's the Stars and Stripes Management Systems. Stars and Stripes Management Systems is my brother and I's company. Yep. And under Stars and Stripes Management Systems is our brands. We have Gymnastics USA, Ninja Kids, myskillchart.com, my web solution, and Climbers Aerial Arts and Fitness. So <clears throat> it's called Management Systems, our company, our umbrella company, Stars and Stripes Management Systems, because we create systems of management. That's what we do. We create systems of management regardless of what brand it is. Yeah. And so like my VPs of each brand, my VP for my skill term, my, my vice president for Ninja Kids or Climbers or Gymnastics USA, 
we provide them systems of management so they're successful. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And man, just hearing your trajectory, uh, you know, from, from gymnastics as a youth to where you are today. I mean, uh, I admire the grind, man. That's some serious hustle that you guys put in as you got your gym off the ground and there was a fair bit of risk involved and you guys made it happen. So, um, I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of listeners that can identify with parts of that story for sure. You know, um, having the experience at another gym and thinking that they can do it better. I think that that's a real common story. You alluded yeah. to that. I hear that a lot. Um, and so I think that, that that is something that they can go, Hey, that's just like me. And to see what you've been able to grow it into and then, uh, spin off of that from meaning, you know, I, I, I l- even though it seems like you've got a lot of things going on, it all makes sense. It wasn't random um, because mm-hmm. it was a need for what you were doing with Gymnastics USA. And so Correct. To, to then, to then Correct. see that, hey, we did this for us. Could we sell that to, to the community, to the larger community uh, that we mm-hmm. have? Mm-hmm. I mean, from a business standpoint, that makes brilliant yeah. sense. Yeah, and you're very astute. You got it exactly right. And that's the thing. Like, it all really does evolve around our gym. Because like all the brands that came about really are just things we did for our gym. And then we just decided to sell it just like exactly how you said it. And that's where when people look at us like, oh, the Arthur brothers, because my brother and I, they're always trying to chase the new business or start to do something. But they're all the same. Like they're all for the yeah. same kind of stuff. You know, I'm not opening a, a used cars lot. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, all, it all relates to the child activities to the class-based industry. So gymnastics, martial arts, cheer, swim, it all relates to that. None of what we do is outside of that circle. I love it. I love it. Now, today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into kind of the website things. Yeah. Um, That's what we're going to talk about today. And and maybe on another interview down the line, we'll get into talking about Ninja Kids or My Skill Chart or or some of these other things, because I think that there's some some fascinating discussions that could be happen uh, happen around those. But websites. I, you know, I'm sure you see it. I deal with uh, gyms and and class-based brands all over the country. The websites are terrible. As in, like, really, really bad. Built in 1997 and that hasn't been updated since. What, how how does a brand today go about choosing a vendor and deciding how to develop a website and what should be on it. And like, can you just kind of give us some basics as somebody that's like, you know what, I need to redo my website. Like, where do we even start? Yeah, it's it's a great question. And it's totally true. Um, It's the reason why it's, let me start with this. The reason why it's old, everyone's website is terrible and it's old school is because people don't, people don't understand it. And what you don't understand, you're not going to dive into and look into it. Most people just brush it to the side. So there needs to be some education out there on the importance of websites so people can start updating their stuff. But how to get started, it's actually not hard to get started, started these days. Like you can do a website for free. So sometimes I tell people like, hey, so you know, we can do this website, it's gonna cost you $3,000. They're like, $3,000, are you crazy? I can go to Wix and do one for free. It's like, yeah, you can. So you can go to Wix right now. You can, um, get a membership for like $10 a month or whatever. And then you can get a template. You can change out the photos. You can put your logo on there. You can hire a Fiverr guy to make a logo. You can put your logo on there. You put some text and whatever, things like that. So it's not hard to create and it will look fine. It will look fine. Right. You know, as long as you follow that template, because most people don't have the eye for graphic design 
sure. new uh, user interface and things like that. So you can do that, but they don't get anything out of it. Okay. Mm. So they, they don't get leads from it. It doesn't really work because there's a lot of things in the back end, if you will, that you have to do to make sure that website's successful. So to get started these days, you have to think everything in life has a cost and benefit, right? No matter what, like at, at going out to dinner, there's a cost and benefit. You, you pay, you pay money to get a dinner, but you, how you might be a very good dinner, but you had to pay an equal value to the, the price. But you can also go to McDonald's and get a $5 dinner, you know? So it, right. won't, be, it won't be a nice steak with a butter, truffle butter or whatever. <laughs> so my point is you have to realize that if you want something that's going to bring you value, you're going to have to pay for it unless you know what you're doing with website development. And if you do know what you're doing with website development, you probably don't need to listen to this podcast, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, but if you don't know what you're doing, you need to hire somebody. Don't do it on Wix for free. You're going to just waste your time. Okay. If you want to get gain, if you want to get the best value out of a website, which is gaining leads, you need to hire an agency. You have to. Now there's a lot of garbage agencies out there. There's a lot of people that will charge so much money for something that you can do for five bucks by yourself. Like you, the person that doesn't know anything about websites can do for five five bucks by yourself or you can hire a fiverr guy for five bucks to do it there's a lot of agencies out there that do that um so what you need to do is you obviously need to research their previous work it's good to know somebody that had work done from them a referral um and also if they've done stuff in your industry before huge yeah you don't want to hire a company that knows nothing about your industry Okay. Now all marketing is kind of the same. You know, you need, you need ads, you need Google ads, you need social ads, you need SEO work, search engine optimization. You need to have Google my business. You know, you need to have a website that has some type of click funnel thing where people where leads fall into a certain direction to put their email and sell cell phone number. Um, so that's all the same for businesses, but what's not the same is the, the, what the, the ad copy, and things like that, what's written on the website, what images mm-hmm. should be used, um, how it should be displayed. That kind of stuff is, is industry specific. So it's better to have an industry specific agency. And right now there's really not much. There's you for Cascade Marketing, there's us for My Web Solution, and I think there's one other guy. Um, so the, you're, you really don't have to do that much looking around because there's not many people that do it in our child activity sure. center. Sure. So, um, so yeah, so now let me talk about, so that's, that's when that's about finding an agency. Yeah. So in short, because I, I was a little long winded there in short, fine. you can do it yourself. You're going to fail. I promise. Unless you really know what you're doing. That's, that's item number one. Item number two, show, get proof of their work, show, the, prove that they actually have make successful websites and make sure they're industry specific. They understand your industry. Okay. So let me now, recap real quick yeah. before you transition and keep that mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I'm clear. So if, if a brand is going, listen, I, I have plenty of business. Like I'm not looking to, to drive a bunch of leads. My classes mm-hmm. are waitlisted. Mm-hmm. Chances are they probably have the website game figured out already if that is the mm-hmm. case. But let's just say okay. for sake of argument no, that, 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 they're, that they're that way and they still have a website from 1997. If they're in a position like that, then 
they're thinking of the website as maybe just like a business card and yep. they could probably go the cheap route and, yep. and, yep. and make something on Wix or, uh, you know, uh, Squarespace or some, there's so many different brands out there that will allow you to do mm -hmm. something for cheap. But if they want something that's actually going to work for them, meaning something that's going to not just look pretty and have their contact information, but something that's going to uh, provide the information of their classes accurately and, and different depths of information there, hiring somebody that does this for a living definitely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a super good point. And that actually happens a lot because you're saying, well, what if it happens? No, it happens a lot where um, it's just like a gym that's they're very satisfied you know, hey, I have 500 students. I don't need any more. I'm good where I'm at. So then they're like, why do I need a website and bring new traffic? There's several reasons. One, do you want legitimacy or not? So do you, mm. want, do you want your brand to be legitimate? People are judging you by your website. Yeah. And so like if they, they go to your gym and it's dusty and dirty, but you're like, hey, I have 500 students. I must be doing something right. It's like, well, yeah, of course, obviously, you would be out of business if you weren't doing something right, but your gym's dirty and dusty. I mean, come on, make your user experience better. Make your client experience better. Like, come on, dude. It's not always about the bottom line. A lot of Some people say it's always about the bottom line. It's not always about the bottom line. It really isn't. In the end, in the very, very end, yes, everything is, of course, about that. But the thing is, like, you want legitimacy for your business. You want to be proud of your business. You want to have dignity. It, regardless of what everything is not about exactly if it's going to make you profit or not. Um, it's, it's about dignity of your business because it is, it is you. It's a reflection yeah. of who you are. So if, you, if your website is horrible, or let me use a different, back to the other example. If your gym is smelly and dirty, that means right. you're a smelly and dirty person in a, in a way. It's a reflection of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So fix it. So if your website's garbage, it means you don't care about quality. That's what it means. Mm. You don't care about quality. And, and you're not up to date with the age of times, which is always, is never a positive thing. You know, I mean, grandma down the road that gives you cookies, she's okay to not be up to date. But if you're providing for clients that are up to date with today's time, you need to be up to date with today's times. So, and our moms today are super savvy. Yeah. Grandma down the road cookies is on the, the Instagram too, the gram. She is. Yeah. <laughs> she is. So th that's number one. That's item number one. You know, you need legitimacy. That's often what I say to my clients. What about your brand legitimacy? Number two, how much are you? So I know that you have drops. I know for a fact you have drops. And so where are these new students coming from? There has to be some type of cost for acquisition. Are you just super lucky? Are you paying for a billboard down the road? And sometimes a lot of these people are paying a lot of money on, on, on um, traditional advertisements. So you know what this is, of course, Luke, but most people don't know. Traditional advertisements like newspaper ads, billboard ads, flyers that you pass out in the street with a street team, you know, all old school stuff that's kind of going away. And they're still, it's still important, um, but mostly for big corporations. But for, young, for small businesses, traditional uh, advertisements are very expensive. Okay, um, so these guys that have a trashy website and uh, think they must be doing something right so they don't need a website because they're satisfied with what they have, they're spending a bunch of money on traditional advertisement, a bunch. So they might be spending like two, three, four grand on their local newspaper ad or a magazine or billboard or yeah. their grocery store. And, um, and once you dig in and you talk to them and really qualify them as, as you're trying to, you know, show them the importance of doing a new website, 
you find out that these truths that they're spending three or four times as much money as they should if they just start embracing digital marketing. Right. So that's, yeah, that's it. It's so true. I was talking with someone just the other day, in fact, that had invested, uh, they invested 10 grand into creating a video so that they could run an ad in a movie theater. Like, yeah. you know, when you go and you sit down in the movie theater, you have all the pre-roll oh stuff God. that takes place. And, uh, and yes, I was yeah, like, that's wow, terrible. that's a commitment. <laughs> that's a that's, serious commitment. It, they, it just, you, it's hard for them to change their ethos, you know, their way of thinking. They think traditional advertising is the way to go. And the problem with that is like, okay, first of all, we can do, um, we also do video ads for our clients too. We can do one for $500, $1,000, depending on what you want. Let's say if I did this, I could probably have done the same video that they have for one grand. And we can put it on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. And you know this because you do ads. And we can target exactly who the type of people we want. We can find out how many people clicked it, how many people looked at it, how many people clicked it and then didn't fill out an interest form, how many people clicked it and then filled out an interest form. And we can know exactly if it's working or not working. And then we can call those people and see if they're good leads or not. And we can say, hey, these leads were, you know, half of them were good. Why? the billboard or the movie theater ad did it work or not work? Nobody knows, you know, There's no way to really quantify it. You can't, you can ask them, Hey, how did you hear from us? Fill out this form. How'd you hear from us? You can do that. But is it, they're not going to, a lot of times they don't even know where they are. Oh yeah, they know. Oh, I found you on the internet. Oh, great. Yeah, they, I, I, looked you up. I looked you up. I mean, my friend told me about you, but maybe they did see the video ad at the movie theater. I don't know. Right. So they don't remember. So, it's, it's just a horrible way to put your money. And people, I mean, marketing agencies know this now. And it's unfortunate. I feel bad for like the, I mean, the yellow pages started moving towards digital marketing, but I feel bad for people like the yellow pages. They're, they're just dying, you know, and people are still spending money on it. It's crazy. Well, we all have to evolve, whether it's the gym owner that needs to evolve and build a new website or the, you know, yellow pages, which has to evolve mm. and revamp their business model. Yeah. We all, we all have to evolve. Okay. Let's, let's drive yeah. one step deeper here as we talk about websites. Cause you, you, you created a distinction between, you know, kind of a business cards type of Wix site and a, a mm. more custom solution that's specific for your industry. Like you guys do. What are some of those unique features and benefits that, that, a, that a brand can expect that, that would allow the website to perform better if they were to have a website built by you and, or, or you know, someone that's building a website specifically for their industry? Yeah. So one big thing. Okay, let, first, let's understand that we have to generate ways to bring people to your website. And that's part yep. of the back end of developing the website. So let's, let's just say... For sake of conversation, all that's done. So we set up Google, right? We set up your social media channels, right? We set up, um, that's pretty much it, Google and social media channels. And they're all leading people to your website. Once we get to that website, I, I want to make sure that that user, that mom, for example, that wants to mm -hmm. sign, that's interested in looking for some after-school activity for their child, once they're on that website, I want to make sure that they don't just bounce off and just mm -hmm. leave without putting their contact information are calling us. I want to make sure there's don't, it's called a bounce rate. You know this, okay. but yep. our listeners might not. It's called a bounce rate. How quickly they bounce out of the website without receiving any of their information or without them taking action. Mm -hmm. So how do we get them to take action as soon as possible within 36, 30 to 60 seconds? That's really where it's at. 
And the way we do it, obviously the website's got to look beautiful. We talked about the legitimacy thing. You're talking about a nice business card thing. It's got to look great. You got to look like a professional company, sleek, and you guys care about quality. But it, the next thing is that you have to funnel them in. So okay. people, people read, obviously, the Latin languages, read left to right, as if, when you read a book, right? So your websites kind of have to be like that too, but for contact, call to action information. So every time you go from left to right, there should be a contact information. So I read left to right, boom, contact information. I go down kind of like in a Z pattern. I hit left to right again, boom, the call to action. So the call to action is, here's my phone number, call us. Here's our number, text us. Another call to action, how old is your child? Click here. Another call to action, what program are you interested? Click here. So when they're scrolling through my page, and usually for the listeners that, well, we don't have any visuals right now, but um, if you, usually websites have, the, it's in a long format where it's a vertical format. So you're just scrolling, you're scrolling down to view the website. You're just scrolling down. Yep. And, but your eyes are going in the Z pattern. You read left to right, left to right, left to right, right. left to right, in the Z pattern. So that's where the contact, that's where the call to actions have to be. And so um, that way, when, some, when something catches their eye, like birthday parties at Gymnastics USA or Martial Arts USA or uh, after school program or camps or gymnastics classes, tumbling classes, when something catches their eye, there has to immediately be something there for you to get their contact information or for them mm. to take action. If there's not, they're like, oh, that looks cool. Let me see if I can read more about it. And they start clicking and then they just get lost in your site. Right. They get lost. Now they're on the scheduling page and trying to think about, hmm, I wonder if Wednesdays would be good. But you still right. don't know who this person is. Or now they're on like the staff page and they're like, oh, I wonder, let's look at their staff. You don't want them to go anywhere else. You want to get their contact information. That's it. So when they go on your website, I'm on the website. Wow, it looks great. All of a sudden, within 30, 60 seconds, I want them typing their name and email and self. That's what I want. Or calling or texting us within 30, 60 seconds. So right. the, the whole website's designed that way. From the front, to, to, from the front homepage to all the subpages, the whole website's designed that way to get that contact information. So I always say to my clients, it's not about providing information to you, the prospects. It's about getting the prospects information. Okay, it's mm. the other way around. Mm. Provide them the information about your business when you got them on the phone. Because when you right. got them on the phone, you can convince them and persuade them and you have them. They're not just going to hang up on you, right? Yeah. Most, most people don't hang up. They'll listen. Well, that's, that's really uh, a good way to put it. It's not about providing information. It's about, say that again. What did you, I, I'm it's not about it. providing your prospect information. It's about getting your prospects information. It's about getting your prospects information. Yeah. Man, that's a flip, right? You know, because yeah. way too many websites, you know, just give and give and give and give. And not that there's necessarily yeah. anything inherently wrong yeah. with providing all that information, yeah. but they, they think that it, they make their contact info like buried. Like you gotta, yeah. you have to go to the contact. Uh, in fact, just contact last episode for our, for our listeners, I was talking about where your contact information should be on the page and that it should be, First and foremost, the phone number needs to be in the header. Yep. It needs to be click to call. Yep. And if you have text, if you don't, like get with it. You got to do text. text. But, you know, it's, it's got to be textable as well. And, and it's not buried somewhere where they have to get to right. it. So it's not exactly. about getting information. Yeah. It's about getting it. Exactly. And, and um, they have that contact page on the top right corner. It's contact us. You go there right. and it just sometimes it only has the 
in a text HTML, the cell phone number, the, the, the gym phone number and the gym address. And it's like, there's no actual like, place your interest here. And you know, what's also really good is that, okay, so if you have that place your interest here, or how old is your, okay, so let me tell you one more thing. I missed, I missed one very important Do, concept. please. So we talked about the Z pattern, okay? We talked yep. about the Z pattern. They look, as they're scrolling down, they, they view left to right, left to right. There's also, if it says join our email list by putting this here, no one's gonna do that because no one wants to join an email list. No one wants right. your newsletter. Nobody cares you about new, that. Do you need another newsletter? No, <laughs> nobody wants one. So instead, you ask them a question because they want to see that you're the professional that's going to prescribe them the antidote to their problem, right? So you ask them a question. You ask them a question. So they're scrolling Z pattern, boop, boop, boop. And all of a sudden, boom, so a question pops up that looks like it would take them to the place they, where they need to be. And it says, how old is your child? And like, oh, shoot, maybe I should fill this out because I'm, I'm just looking at their website. Maybe I should fill this out so it can tell me, tell me where to go. And it says, my, my child is five years old. Great. Boy or girl? Boy. Um, what are they interested in? Do they, climb, do they climb, swing, run? Are they flexible? Yes. No. Yes. Great. Put in your information here. Email, sell. That's called a click funnel. Mm. And so uh, I think the term click funnels uh, from the guy Russell Brand is like, company called ClickFunnels. Yeah, Russell Brunson. Smart Brunson. Guy. Brunson, yeah. Um, Russell yeah. Brand, I think, is the comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew it was Russell, something, Russell B. <laughs> so he, um, I'm not talking about his product. I'm just, right. I think he just coined the term ClickFunnel, which makes yeah. so much sense. You want to funnel them in by them doing clicks. Right. Because that keeps them busy, keeps them active. But you're talking about something else. Yeah, I'm just talking about a forum that asks them questions to lead them to a a um, contact form like smart email your cell your name so like then we get that form and we also have all those questions right so I, my sales reps can call and say hey thanks for placing an interest at gymnastics usa i see that you have a five-year-old daughter who loves to flip around the house so you guys are thinking about putting her in gymnastics classes huh like yeah yeah i think it'd be great well, that's really good well let me ask you a few more questions before i tell you about our programs and then you just do your pitch that also is a whole other topic Sure. But, um, yeah. But um, you guys are probably really good at that. So, because I know you guys do that. So, um, so yeah. So that's another really important aspect to a website is that click funnel concept because you want them to be like, oh yeah, uh, my child's five, or I'm interested in this program, and just funnel them in so they don't just get lost like in a maze. You don't want your website to be a maze. Okay. Let's quantify this real quick. <clears throat> Let's think about this from a standpoint of you know what a person could expect um with and without so let's say out of 100 visitors mm -hmm. that, a, that a website gets if, if a website gets 100 visitors if it's set up the right way what do you guys see being the percentage of that hundred that will provide their contact information versus if they have like a basic wix site like what is my roi on having something like that set up yeah that's a really good question um, I don't know the analytics too well on that, um, but what I do know is that sites that don't have proper call to action is getting like 2% interest forms of all the people that visit the website. Gotcha. It's something like that. And then when we do our sites, um, it's almost up to 50% of the people that go to the site actually fill out a form. That's a big number. So, yeah. And I'm, when I say 50%, I'm talking about 50% of new 
visitors. So we have a lot of visitors of like families and things like that, checking the schedule and whatever. But if you quantify, like I said, I don't know exactly the numbers, but it's, it's up there. So it's, it's almost half, it's almost half the people that visit your website are actually going to fill out a form whereby the other one, when the site that doesn't have these proper techniques, it's like a percent. Makes sense. I mean, that's, if, if you quantify that and put that into to new yeah. student revenue, like paying $3,000, $5,000 for a website becomes ROI positive in a very short window. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And so I'm doing a, I'm doing a lecture at Congress this year, a USAG Congress. And the lecture is about that. It's 90% of all your new memberships come from online. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm not saying 90% of your leads. I'm saying 90% of actual signups. So that means nine times out of 10, if you're doing it right, nine times out of 10, you're going to sign up new members over the phone. If you're not doing it right, you're, you're missing out on that, those nine people and only one person is doing the walk-in. Wow. So in a way, it's kind of like saying you can increase your new enrollments by, ten, by, by 10 times. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. if, 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 let's say Gymnastics USA, nine times out of 10, we sign the, if we have 10 signups, nine of them were signed up over the phone through an online interest form. And one was just a walk-in. If you don't have proper websites and stuff like that, that means that only, you're only getting that one membership. You see? That's a, that's a massive deficit. That's a big delta. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's so important. It's, it's crazy. And, and, and um, so many gym owners are old school. And, you know, a lot, I mean, the problem with the, uh, the gym, I mean, a lot of trade industries, like a mechanic, barbershop, gymnastics center owner <laughs> these trade industries they don't know much about this stuff because they're not really business people they're technicians there's a technician yep right if you we use uh michael e gerber yep. i don't know E-Myth. yeah there you go e-myth yeah i knew i was talking you were talking at my <laughs> same level here um if you guys haven't read that book by the way you need to go get it e-myth by yes. my, michael gerber in fact i think the new one's called e-myth revisited I yes think it did is. a revamped yeah. one mm-hmm. so uh it, make sure book, you guys get that that was the first one i read for business and it was a great first book i go back to it once i just read it again about two months ago yeah. but the first time i read it was 10 10 years ago so good so, oh my gosh it's amazing so it breaks it up into let's talk about that just a quick second because it is this topic it breaks them into three categories. There's a manager, well, there's a technician who's a person that knows how to do the trade that you're selling. So if you yep. fix cars or you teach gymnastics, it's the manager, the person that can manage the people that are providing the trade. And then it's the entrepreneur. And that's the ideas guy. That's the guy who's going to create systems and, and capitalize off of opportunity and things like that. And they're all very different people. They could be wrapped up into one person, but usually it's not. That's why people have partners and these partners should have kind of have right. these hats. You know, sometimes you have a partnership for three and they, one person does all each, you know, but um, a lot of times we don't, entrepreneurs don't run into the class-based industry because it's not a crazy profitable business. The gymnastics industry itself is more of a real estate. That's where you make your money. So if you have a gym that you own the property, then you could be very profitable. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so if, if, unless you're doing it kind of like we're doing at Gymnastics USA, which is very streamlined, where we, trained, we train our coaches from no experience at all to becoming excellent coaches, because we're kind of 
not like a, we're not doing a franchise, but we cookie cutter our coaches, and that's that's a negative connotation. It's not true. We just have a very strict training course where yeah. everyone has that baseline level of education, and it's all exactly the same. And then they kind of adapt to their own way of coaching and, and become, you know. Um, it's a framework. But you allow them to be yeah. themselves within a framework. Yes, exactly. And so we can make it profitable because of that. But other gym owners, obviously, they don't have that huge education system that we have at Gymnastics USA. So they have to hire very experienced coaches, and they're very expensive because th that trade is hard to find. You can't just like, hey, I need a coach, and all of a sudden, 20 will pop at your door. That just doesn't happen. So like, it's, it's not like everybody has that experience. So it's very niche experience, uh, niche industry to coach competitive gymnastics or even recreational gymnastics. So it's very expensive. You, you're, sometimes you're paying coaches $30 an hour, $35, $40 an hour. It's crazy. So it's hard to be profitable. But if you own your property, it's easy. Um, nice. So I guess my point of saying that, and I know we're going off on a tangent, and I'll close it. <laughs> but I guess my point of saying that is that's why you don't have much entrepreneurs and business developers kind of diving into this industry. You have technicians diving into this industry. Yeah the ownership of the business. So they don't know about the importance of a website. They don't know the importance of digital marketing. They don't know the, how to create systems of management and things like that. They just know how to teach awesome cartwheels, you know? Right. So that's the crux yeah. of the problem. And, and making that transition is not easy. Uh, some, no. people, uh, some people are better coaches and they just need to stay coaches and they need to hire the business. And some people, they mm -hmm. can make that transition. And I, yeah. what I love about that book is that it kind of, guides you through that process of evolution. Like yeah. how do you, you know, yeah. what pieces do you hire next and how do you make that step if you're wanting to make that step? And, and uh, it. it's a, it's a great resource. All right. Mm -hmm. We're at about 42, three, four, five minutes, somewhere in there already, believe it or not, it That's just went easy. like that. Right. Yeah. Any, any last thoughts here? I want you, I want one, I want you to talk about how do they get in touch with you if they, if they're interested in, in, in checking out what you guys do from a website perspective. So, mm -hmm. you know, drop your contact info in here, but any last thoughts um, as it relates to websites, mistakes that they're making, how they should, should move forward as we kind of wrap this up here? Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll just kind of just wrap up what we talked about. I mean, the biggest thing is educating yourself and understanding the importance of it understanding that it's the central hub to all of your new leads. Nobody's going to come to you, knock on your door like they used to. Back in the day, they would get in the car and they'll do their R&D on their feet. They don't do that anymore. They do their R&D, their research on their phone. From their phone. Yeah. So you need to educate yourself and realize the importance of it. Remember, you can get a, you can get a cheap dinner if you go to McDonald's, but it's going to be a very low-grade meat. Okay. If you want a nice dinner, you have to go to a nice restaurant. So if you want a nice restaurant, uh, I'm sorry, if you want a nice website, you're going to have to pay for it properly. Have the right, either right agency or the right guys in place. That's number two. Number three is making sure that your website is about getting contact information. Okay. Yeah. You're, about, you're trying to get leads. You're not trying to give all the information about your business. So people will just go. You know, one thing, let me add on that. I didn't say before. I, when I talked to, um, when you call Jim, okay, I did this video. I don't know, you might've saw it. It's really, it's, it's a funny video and it's, it's, it's pushing the envelope a little bit, but I called like 10 or 20 gyms across the country and I'm like, hey, I wanna sign up my son for gymnastics. And so many said, oh, just go to the website. All the information's there, right. thanks, bye. And the website, and I'm, you go to the website and they don't, you can't even, you can't register online. So I have to call again to register. 
So they want me to go to the website to learn about their business, to learn about everything what it's about, and then call them back to sign up. <laughs> no. So that was a big fail. If you watch the video, <laughs> it's really funny. So yeah. So I'll have to it, check that one out. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, it's you good. You should. So um, so yeah. So like it's it's making sure that you get their information, you get that contact information, then you call them as fast as you can. Don't have them fish fish around for that information. You call them. You get, give them the pitch on the phone. Sign them up over the phone or tell them schedule an appointment, whatever trial. So that's that's another huge item. Um, and that's, that's pretty much the main part of it. You know, it's nice. just understanding that. And, and if you, if you have that education to understand the importance of it, then you'll understand the value of it. If you're spending a few thousand dollars on a true market web development package, it's going to have an ROI the first month. Nice. It will. It will. Yeah. And, and Xander, if, if they're interested in, in reaching you guys to talk about websites, how do they, you know, what's, uh, what's your URLs? How do they go about finding yeah, you guys? Absolutely. Well, um, the, the, Ad agency, the digital marketing agency where we do websites is called My Web Solution. My Web Solution. So you can just Google it, mywebsolution.us or just Google My Web Solution. But you could always just Google me. My name is Xander Arthur. All my brands are on all my pages. So if you, if you look up Xander Arthur for anything, you can find out about my skill chart or software. You can find out about my gym. You could find out about our digital marketing agency for the websites. Or if you go to Stars and Stripes Management. So, um, Stars Charts Management is my umbrella company. So the easiest thing is just to Google Xander Arthur. That's, that's a quick way to get in touch with me. And then I can hook you up with uh, any service or any product or just have a nice chat with you. I talk to about 20 to 30 gym owners a week. That's good. On phone. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I love talking. And a lot of times it had nothing to do with sales. A lot of times it's just me networking and talking yep. to people. I, mean, I have a lot of friends and I try to keep up with. So, you can just give me a call. You can just look me up, Xander Arthur, give me a call, and then we'll have a chat. And I'll help you out, even if it's just me giving you advice. I'm, this thing is, this is one community. Like, obviously, I'm part of the whole child activity world swim, too, but gymnastics is really my home. That's My yeah. parents were gymnasts. My mom was a gymnast. My dad was my mom's coach. Wow. And, yeah, and so when she turned – 19 years old, they end up getting married. It sounds crazy now, but this is back in the 70s, okay? It's a different day. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe we edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, this is my world, the gymnastics world. So I'm really, I'm really more about building this, my, my friends in this community becoming one, you know, so. I love it. Xander, thanks for joining us today and, and uh, talking about websites and all the different things that you do. You have been in this industry for a long time. I appreciate mm -hmm. the knowledge that you could share with, with me and with my audience. So thank you for joining us. Thank and for those me. of you listening, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Student River Podcast. Until next week, go do a somersault. See you guys. <laughs>